0: You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in possible.
1: It's time for another edition of The Breakdown. I'm Matt Hamilton. That's Matt Castle. Today, we're going to be digging back into that film of the Chiefs' impressive win over the 49ers, and while they may be headed into a bye, we won't be. We'll be breaking it all down. We'll look ahead to the rest of the Kansas City Chiefs season and what things are going to look like coming out of that bye. Matt, great to be back with you. What was the biggest thing that stood out to you from the Chiefs' win on Sunday?
2: You know, the biggest thing that stood out to me is just how impressive this team is. Look, in two of the last three games, they've been down by a double-digit deficit to start the game, but it's the leadership on this team, and it starts with Patrick Mahomes, and, and they never blink an eye when they get down to a deficit. They always have this unbelievable confidence the subtle confidence to go out and make plays and the other thing that really stood out to me from an offensive standpoint is you know last year it was mainly the one-two punch it's Tyreek Hill it's Travis Kelsey and this year we heard a lot about this offseason how they're they're going to use multiple wide receivers that they're going to have to disperse the ball and Patrick Mahomes is going to have to you know rely on everybody and at, at first there was ga- there's been games throughout the season where you are saying do we miss Tyreek Hill do we not but th- Last game was very evident to me that they're figuring it out. I mean, eight different receivers caught balls in this game, which is an incredible way to go about it. There's big plays in this game. MVS, Juju Smith, Schuster, McKinnon on the screen. I mean, McCole Hardman on the jet sweeps. And so it's such a fun offense to watch because they're so dynamic and also the way in which Patrick Mahomes is playing. And then from the defensive side of the ball, what really stood out is yeah, it wasn't perfect, but at the same time, they stepped up in big moments. The interception by Joshua Williams in the red. Zone in the second quarter that was huge after the muff punt by sky Moore, and then you go and you get the safety at the end of the game you held the 49ers to a few field goals didn't let them to score touch allow them to score touchdowns i mean all around a a great victory against a really good football team in the 49ers
1: and you're right matt i think this was a statement game for that receiving core remember they're heading into the bye week this weekend the trade deadline's right around the corner we've heard the rumblings about odell beckham you know Travis Kelsey restructuring his contract to clear the way for potentially an Odell Beckham signing. And I think they heard all of that too. And uh, you know, to see not only Hardman become the first player in NFL history to have two rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown from the wide receiver spot, but then Juju and MVS both putting up hundred yards. The first time Mahomes has ever had two wide receivers put up hundred yards in the same game. Everybody just rose to the occasion. And as you said, they they quieted down those questions about how much they missed Tyreek Hill. But I also think they quieted down all those trade rumors and the Odell speculation as well. It it does it takes time to build chemistry with your playmakers when you have so many new moving pieces in there, like the Chiefs brought in this off season. So um, are you surprised it took this long or is this around the timetable you expected for them to start kind of figuring things out?
2: Well, I think also when you have such new personnel across the board, right, and guys that are playing key positions, especially Juju Smith-Schuster, MVS guys like that, it, it takes some time to understand what they do well, what their skill set is, is, how they want to formulate that offense to get the most out of them. And so it doesn't surprise me. It's always a process every year when you have new guys step in the building that haven't played with a particular quarterback. But you can see the comfort level, like you said, the chemistry, the cohesiveness amongst the group coming together. And that's, that's a scary thing for a lot of the NFL, especially defenses, when you're looking across and you're seeing these guys start to click the way that they are because they didn't miss a beat this last week.
1: Yeah, and they really didn't and they were the story of the game. So today's breakdown as we head into the film room is going to be focused on those wide receivers. Let's start with McCole Hardman on one of those jet sweeps. Matt, what did you see here? <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know what? I love this call. And again, this call with the jet sweep is always to try to use the speed of McCole Harmon to get to the perimeter as quickly as possible. And when you look at it, it's a two-by-two formation. It's a stack set. You're going to set him in motion to get him going full speed before he gets the ball. But the guy that really makes this play right here is Noah Gray. He's got Nick Bosa lined up. Nick Bosa is the only guy that can really ruin this play if he gets in the backfield and explodes it. But if you see it, there's just a subtleness of Noah Gray being able to give him a little bluff he steps down stops his momentum a little bit gets him to hesitate and then explodes up to the next level and by then mccall hardman's already out on the perimeter on the edge and then from there you just got guys out in front look at the bodies out in front here we got guys working to the second level you see fred warner right there you got you got two guys on Fred Warner blocking him. You got Noah Gray working up to the second level. And then McCole Hartman, I, what I really liked about this play was his patience. He let those blockers work. He didn't pick a lane two yet. He let the, the blocks get set, and then he hit his path and took off for the touchdown. It was just a really well-executed play.
3: That's a
1: great point on the patience. A lot of times when you see receivers get the ball in this situation, they're just shot out of a cannon, and they almost – overrun their blocking here he waits for those blocks to set up looks back finds a lane and then explodes through it and as he said just tremendous job from andrew wiley on fred warner there as good a linebacker as there is in this league we were a little tough on wiley last week he had some mistakes in pass protection he really made up for it this game and he did. I also love the use of the thir- of 13 personnel by the chiefs has been underrated this year too all three of those tight ends have played such a huge role in this offense, and it just makes them that much more versatile. Not only do they have the depth at receiver, but all these tight ends get involved as well.
2: Right, and that's what I love, too. Like you said, the 13 personnel, I didn't even really bring that to people's attention right here, but that's a three tight end set. And if you know you're running the ball, there's no better way than to get big guys like the tight ends that are used to blocking, used to getting guys in space out there. And so this easily could have been 11 personnel with a three wide receiver set, the way that the play and the actual structure of of the the set is set up. But they decided to go 13 personnel knowing that they were going to be run blocking, and it really worked to their advantage in this situation especially when you get a tight end on a corner and a safety on the back end that really is what helped spring this play open down the field so we saw the three
1: touchdowns from hardman let's move now to mvs who had over 100 yards on the day and really provided that big play spark that we that we want to see out of the chiefs in this post tyreek hill era he really delivered on that this game what did you see here
2: yeah, this this is great. I mean, they're they're in reduced splits. You've got reduced splits up top. You got reduced splits down below. And so when you look at it, it's a two by two formation. And when you look at the defensive structure here, they're in a two high. They're kind of giving the look as if they might be in a, like a two Tampa, so to speak. But it's what we refer to as a mixed coverage. So down low, it's a it's playing more like two. That corner down low is going to be the flat defender. They're clouding that side. And up top, it's playing more like cover four. So a quarter quarter situation up. Top. So as you start to run this play down here, you get a high low situation on your corner. Yes, right there. There you go. You got the out route right there, and then you're really trying to work that corner. If he gives a lot of depth right there, you can hit that out route. But really, you're trying to get that ball in behind him to Travis Kelsey on the corner route, hoping that that corner stays occupied with the out route underneath. And then up top, MBS is really running a clearing route on the Indigo. We called it Indigo. It's a clearing route with the in cut coming in behind it, trying to open up the window. And he his sole purpose is to blow the top off this coverage. But as you watch this unfold, you'll see what. What happens that gets mvs the ball right here so as it goes right here as you can see the corner steps down and it occupy is occupied with that quick out route and then you've got the decision to make by patrick mahomes does he think he can fit this ball in he's really got to throw it on a line right here to travis kelsey before that corner recognizes it recognizes it gives depth and maybe gets into that window but instead of forcing this ball in there and having to throw this on a laser what happens is because it's a clouded corner, that safety gets overly aggressive on Kelsey, knowing that he's primary and also reading the eyes of Patrick Mahomes. And NVS does a great job. He gets on the safety's toes. And you can see he flips him around, takes the middle of the field, goes to where everything's vacated. And Patrick Mahomes does a tremendous job of going through his progression, seeing it, and delivering the ball downfield. And the other part I really do love about this play is how Patrick Mahomes throws this ball. He takes out the arc, doesn't give the safety the ability to come and get back in the play. He throws it right at him and really kind of settles him in that hole.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad you made that point because that's what makes this so impressive. He doesn't throw him into that other safety. He purposely holds him with the throw so that he doesn't take the big hit or that the safety doesn't have a chance to come over there and pick it off. And and what impressed me so much about Mahomes in this game was I thought we saw him process things as quickly as he ever has. Like right there, once he sees that that out route is taken away to Kelsey, he right. comes right to his next read, read in his progression, and he lets the ball rip. There's no hesitation. Look, as soon as he comes off of that read to Kelsey, that ball's coming out of his hand. He knows he doesn't have to see MVS. He knows okay, that safety's stepping down on the out. I can let this rip now. It's going to be there. And, he, and that's also part of what we talked about with that chemistry and having that trust factor in his receivers. He, know, he trusts MBS to get to that spot, and he's going to let this ball rip.
2: Right. I mean, and this is a throw that is subtly made at the quarterback position because really, when you're thinking about this, this is more of a clearing route and you're working back into the end cut to your check down. But this is also, like you said, the confidence that he has. We've seen it a few times this year where even we've broken it down of MVS running this clearing route and him hitting him down the field. And so there's a comfort level there. There's a trust there that he's going to do his job, be in the right position. So when that safety does overcommit to Travis Kelsey, he goes right into his progression doesn't hesitate and lets the ball rip it's just a tremendous job and a tremendous execution by all parties hey sorry to interrupt but i have to tell you about
4: trade coffee and if you've been listening to kcsn you know that we love trade coffee if you've been getting your coffee from the grocery store and drinking the same coffee every day i think it's time for you to to switch things up and it's time to try something even better with trade coffee it's so easy to get fresh roast delivered to your doorstep from local roasters across the country with trade coffee trade coffee is a coffee subscription service that makes it simple for you to discover new coffees and make your best cup of coffee at home every day no fancy equipment required that's the best part about trade and they Partner with some of the nation's top-rated independent roasters to send you coffee they know you'll love. Fresh to your home, on your preferred schedule, and you get to support small businesses. I mean, I'm going to call that a win-win. I think that that's kind of a great cause. You get to support small businesses, get to have great coffee in the process without going out of your way. Double win. That's a win-win-win. And whether you already know what makes what, what you like in your coffee or you're trying to try new specialty coffees and you need some help trade makes it easy and convenient for you to discover new coffees they'll send you ground coffee or whole beans however you prefer it or uh, you can or however you make your coffee at home you can enjoy it with trade coffee they're very good of uh, accommodating to what you like and some of the equipment that you like i've been recently really enjoying cold brewing coffee so i get a a ground coarse ground Scoop it into my cold brew and I'll put it overnight, shake it up a little bit, let it steep overnight. And I've got me some cold brew coffee that's how I've been really liking to do it. We've got a French press, they even got K cup pods that you can, like, you know, the reusable ones they'll ground it up for that. So they can do whatever you need them to do at uh, trade coffee. And it's it's quite incredible. And whether if you're a coffee aficionado like Craig Stout is, or if you're looking to discover something new, trade guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll send you a new one for free. Can't get any better about that i think some of my favorite roasts that i've got from pts i've it's getting into the seasonal blends uh, they got one that's apple cinnamon stop i really love uh seasonal blend coffees pumpkin uh, apple cinnamon peppermint all of those stuff i love seasonal flavors and they hit the nail on the head at pts coffee um it's a blue re- brewed right here roasted right here in kansas so i mean can't beat that at all. Here's what you got to do. Here's what you got to do to upgrade your coffee today with Trade Coffee. Let them take the guesswork out of finding your perfect cup right now. Trade is offering listeners a total of thirty dollars off your subscription plus free shipping at drinktrade.com/kcsn. That's drinktrade.com/kcsn for thirty dollars off your subscription to the best coffees in the country. That's drinktrade.com/kcsn.
1: It really is. So we got Hardman, we got MVS. And now let's move to Juju Smith-Schuster, who had really his second big game in a row now after a quiet start to the season. This was in the fourth quarter, really the play that was just the absolute dagger put the 49ers to bed. What stood out to you here?
2: You know, right here, as you look at the formation, they're in a trips formation up top. They're going to motion him down into a bunch set. So there's some communication that's going to take place. Now, the 49ers are showing as if they're going to blitz with Fred Warner, trying to get the offensive line to overcommit to the weak side. And then they're going to fire this nickel back off the top of the point guy up top. So you'll see him come. Now, really, I'm just calling it a Sam Dog with zone zone behind it. It's got blitz zone principles, but really it's just a one-man... Got one man coming off of it, and they're going to play – coverage behind it on the back end now as you see the stack release and everything going on you can see mccall hardman up top he's going to run this little return route to try to get eyes on him now that's always an easy throw right there but then you've got the corner route by kelsey who comes underneath juju smith schuster who's then going to come in to the middle of the field now what happens is as you play if we can play the tape so now they fire that sam the offensive line does a tremendous job of passing off the game up front and what happens is fred warner and the safety they come down they see this guy in space mccall Hardman on the return route, and once again they're so aggressive and overcommitting to this particular route pattern because of Patrick Mahomes' eyes. He does a really good job of manipulating coverage with his eyes, and then as soon as that happens, and Fred Warner overcommits and vacates that area in which he's really responsible for, you can see this huge hole open up. Juju Smith-Schuster sitting there wide open, all alone. Patrick Mahomes recognizes it, delivers the ball, and then Juju Smith-Schuster does the rest. He goes and takes it to the house, just needs to outrun one defender. MVS gets involved in the blocking scheme to kind of help spring him at the very end, but it's all over at this point, and like you said, it was the dagger, and that's really what ended the game. Yeah,
1: and I love the effort from MVS there too. He could have easily just kind of gone through the motions there. Juju's got a shot to outrun them and score, but he he turns it up, gets upfield and gets in that defender's way just to make sure he doesn't have the angle on Juju and help him coast into the end zone. You love seeing receivers put out that type of an effort blocking for their their fellow receivers. Um, It's another just example of how that unit is continuing to build chemistry, to me anyway.
2: Yeah, it absolutely is. And it speaks also to the coaching, the effort that's being taught, the the standard that's being set by this room, because we see it week in and week out. We saw it in Travis Kelsey a few weeks ago on his little, the scramble play down near the red zone, everybody getting involved, putting hats on hats. And even right here, look, mvs is completely out of this play he's running out or out he's completely covered he's t- five yards six yards behind the play but he's giving maximum effort right now to help his boy out spring him in the end zone and, and go do a little celebratory dance you know that that's the thing that you love to see on your team is the effort and i guarantee you know when andy reed puts this play up he's gonna circle mvs on that play and say look at the effort guys and this is what it's going to take all year long for us to continue to be successful if you're not getting the ball even though you're not getting the ball hey the effort is what counts because this one play right here this helps spring it you know and that that stops that guy's momentum
1: yeah and also avoids doing anything stupid and drawing an unnecessary penalty you know he gets in the way without without overdoing it and it's just just a really smart play great effort and those are the type of things that uh, that championship caliber teams do routinely and and once again we're seeing that type of an effort from the chiefs even with the new personnel you can tell everybody's bought in um so as we said bye week this week for the chiefs so there's no matchup to break down but Matt I wanted to look a little bit into what the chiefs have coming up so after the bye they have the titans which is a big game Sunday night football titans have. Quietly, quietly, been been coming on strong. I know. I'm sure you're hearing uh, a lot of the noise down there in Nashville about this team, and they always feel disrespected because they're never really talked about enough in the national media, despite the fact that they're in the mix every single year. Um, so we won't dive fully into that matchup, but just what's the feel around around this Titans team right now down there?
2: You know, they they're always a gritty team, and they're they're tough minded team. They come. And they, they fight until the end, man. And their defense, look, they're, they're, they're a defense that is a formidable force. And it starts with a, they take the mindset of Mike Vrabel, right? And he coaches good defense, and, and that's what they hang their hat on. And then the running game with Derrick Henry, and they try to set up play-action pass. Now, they're not an explosive offense by any means, but the same way they're finding ways to win. They're 4-2 and two on the season. And that's kind of been the nature of what this team has become since Mike Vrabel has taken over. They might not always win pretty, but they're winning ball games. And they'll they'll fight you to the end, and they'll try to stay involved. And they're opportunistic on the defensive side of the ball. They create turnovers. They take care of it on the offensive side of the ball. And if you, anytime you think you're you know just about to get ahead, then Derrick Henry bust busts a long one. So again, offensively it starts with Derrick Henry, and then defensively it's a pretty solid unit. They can rush the passer. They play good defense on the back end, and they create turnovers.
4: Hey, sorry to interrupt today's podcast, but I have to tell you about liquid death. And if you've been listening to us and our podcast here, you know already that there is a kind of strange looking water brand out there. looks like some tall boys, of beer in that bottled water section. You can find it at your Walmart, your target. You're walking through there. You see cases of this weird looking canned water. You're like, what is going on here? You can't help but check it out. Uh, but it might look like beer. I know they got the white cans, the gold tops to so kind of look a little bit like Miller light. Uh, but you get up close to it. You see this rad looking can. There's a skull like melting off of it. It's pretty gnarly. And it makes you feel cool when you crack open one of those tall boys and maybe your 9am meeting with your coworkers and like man, you cracking open a beer. Nope. Just a, a, a canned bottled water. I mean, you can't even call it bottled water. Canned water fresh mountain spring water from the alps it's available in three ways that's still that's sparkling and flavored sparkling water as well with three different flavors of that sparkling water and it's called liquid death why is it called liquid death well they're brutally murdering your thirst and in the process they're trying to brutally murder plastic pollution as well listen i hate plastic pollution i know you hate plastic pollution Got to save the turtles. Got to get these infinitely recyclable tall boy aluminum cans. Uh, that's what you can do with, the, with these uh, liquid death cans. You recycle them. They use them again to make more liquid death cans. Um, it's, it's a genius process. Not only are they doing their best with recycling, reduce, reuse, recycle, you know, everything that we learned in elementary school, but they're also donating 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Uh, Great cause there. You can feel good while looking cool with your Liquid Death. Listen, I love Liquid Death. I drink all three of their flavors. The berry one is my favorite. The lime one is also phenomenal. And the mango one is not bad either. I'm not a huge mango flavored guy, but I really like the mango flavor uh, that they have at Liquid Death. It's in a really cool like all gold can too. So they got all gold, all uh, all, all green for the lime because that's the colors of limes. And a silver can for the berry one. I really enjoy Liquid Death. Uh, Make sure you go out, give it a try. If you don't want to just try the still water, try the sparkling water. It's better than some of the other sparkling water uh, companies out there. Um, It it is actually good sparkling water. So you can trust me. And here's what you got to do. Go get Liquid Death at your local Target, Walmart, or 7-Eleven. Or you can find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. That's liquiddeath.com slash KCSN.
1: And really, once the Chiefs get past that game, I think the toughest part of their schedule is behind them. There's not a ton of marquee matchups left there. They they have the Jaguars. They go to the Chargers, who are really struggling right now with all those injuries. And Herbert hasn't looked the same since his rib injury. Then they get the Rams, who don't look anything like the Rams that we saw last year. The Bengals, who are starting to come on, that's going to be a huge game, especially given how both of those matchups played out last year. But then you get the Broncos twice, you get the Texans in there, the Seahawks, and then at the Raiders, um, you know, there are a few tough games in there, but I really think the, uh, the toughest part of the Chiefs schedule is now behind them, and they're sitting in a pretty good position in that AFC. So Matt, if there's one thing you want to see going coming out of that bye week that you see the Chiefs adjust, adjust with or, or improve upon, what would it be?
2: Well you know it 's hard to sit here and look at the offense and say they 've got to make a lot of adjustments right they 're finding different ways to supplement the run game because i 'd say the one thing in the one area in which you look at this offense when they do run the ball they 're effective at times. I mean there was Clyde Edwards or Lair took the one to sixteen yards of the house with great blocking up front, but they don 't rely on it, so it would be interesting to me in later in the later months of the year if the weather gets bad or it 's bad elements is can they depend on the run game to help them in terms of producing some offense? Because really up to this, ha- this point in the season, they haven't been very successful in running the ball. And I know that they do it by committee and it Pache- was it Pacheco. Yep. Yeah, and Pacheco got the start last week. Clyde Ezra Lair was spilled him and got, had the touchdown run. McKinnon really is the third guy that comes in on the screen pass. You saw that. the thir- I mean, the third and 20, you know, that, that was a huge conversion right there on the screen pass, but he's more of a third down back. So it'll just be interesting to see how that rotation works and also if they can get the run game going when needed. And I'm not saying that they're going to rely on it ever, because you have Patrick Mahomes and you have all these weapons, but at the same time, later in the year, especially when the elements might change a little bit and get a little bit different, are they going to be able to rely on that run game to have some more success?
1: Yeah, and that's ultimately what we saw do them, do them in at the end of last season against the Bengals. That's part, that's part of why I'm so interested in that matchup because it gets to that point. If, a, if an opposing defense decides to drop eight, nine guys in coverage like the Bengals did at times, Can you run the ball? Are you willing to run the ball? Are you willing to take the ball out of Mahomes' hand and say, okay, if they're going to play us this way, we're just going to have to stick to the ground and we'll win this game. We'll win this game on the ground because if they're going to give us those type of numbers, we trust our offensive line and we trust our stable of backs to go win us this game. I was thinking about this part of it too. Like our our Mizzou fans that watch the show might remember that, uh, that 2008 cotton bowl, um, that I was uh, lucky enough to be a student coach at the time there with Mizzou, with the quarterbacks. Um, But Arkansas came out with this plan that they weren't going to let us throw. They weren't going to let Macklin beat them. Um, They had two-man fronts at times. So we said, okay, (laughs) we're just going to hand the ball to Tony Temple uh, and let him go to work. And he ended up uh, breaking, I think it was Jim Brown's Cotton Bowl record on the day. The the offensive line literally had to carry him off the field at the end of the day because he had nothing left. Wow. Wow. But, yeah but it's you know it gets to that point as a coaching staffer you got to decide okay this is not this is not our favorite way to play but if they're going to give it to us we got to take it
2: Right. And that, 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 that's the only thing that I think about when I think about this offense, if they ever do get in that situation. Because, again, the way that Patrick Mahomes is playing, the way that he's mastered this offense, the confidence he's playing with, and also the rapport he's building with all these wide receivers, I mean, that's a scary recipe for success. And, and, and so other than that, I wouldn't sit here and say I'm really worried about the offensive side of the ball whatsoever
1: yeah not at all i think i think they've gotten things figured out and um i hope that allows cheese fans to go into this bye week feeling nice and comfortable nice and relaxed you get to enjoy some football some of the other games going around the league and then we'll see you back here next week we'll break down that titans match up a little more in depth and we'll get you get the stage set for that second half of the season so for Matt castle i'm Matt hamilton thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week